And Lord, I just humble myself before you right now, God. Mm. I humble myself right now before you, Lord. Speak to us, Lord God. Clearly, Lord God. Yes, With simplicity, Lord God. Allow your word to make that 36 inch drop from our head into our spirit, Lord God. So that we may walk it out as you called us to, Father. We bind the hand of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Uh, the name that's above every name. And that is name every knee will what? Bow. And every tongue is going to confess. Anything else is just a name, but his name is above that, whatever you're thinking. Because hmm. his word says that we can, we can ask him. We can't outgive God by our thinking. Amen. Amen. Put that way. So, Father, let your word go out on the wings of the anointing. The yoke destroying, burden removing power of God. Hmm. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. But before I preach, <laughs> I'm going to ask Mickey to come and sing I Need Thee Every Hour. The Lord dropped that in my spirit this morning. That he was, I'm going to ask him to sing that song for us. Amen. I don't know. I don't know. But I was just sitting here thinking. Lord told me the same thing. Ah. <laughs> you know, the devil. The devil is busy. And been on my trail for months. But I made a decision. And a promise to God. Job say, yet though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Oh, <laughs> 
thank God uh, my family, our family is here. Yes, 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 yes. Because of our family picnic or reunion that we had over the weekend. And also, Sister Dolly for being here, although under very different circumstances. Amen. Now, I had planned a message related or in regard to the family, then because it was the family reunion picnic, you know what I mean? And so I had a theme all week long, even got up yesterday. <laughs> and worked and worked on it like I normally do, five, five thirty in the morning. Okay. Studying it out. Mm -hmm. I start writing out the outline and all that. But I couldn't sleep last night real soundly. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't settled in my spirit. What I thought I thought yeah. that I should talk about. But then God the Holy Spirit apprehended me this morning. One, to tell me that Mickey needed to sing that song. But then two, for me, what I needed to preach on today, or teach on today, preach and teach on today. And so this message today is a message of prophetic urgency because of the times and the season we are living in. So what is prophetic preaching? It's something that all preachers must do on occasion. All right. Some of us, like me, relish the job. <laughs> and others shy away from it because it's an in-season right now word that we are going to need either now or in the coming days. And with everything that's going on in this world, we need a prophetic message so that we'll know how to apply what God needs us to apply when we're going through those things. Amen? Amen. And so, whether you realize it or not, we are in spiritual warfare. Amen. Hmm? Absolutely. Whether you realize it or not, we are in spiritual warfare. Amen? Amen. I am talking about principalities. I'm talking about the rulers of darkness. And I'm talking about spiritual wickedness in very high places. And if you pay attention to any of the news, there is spiritual wickedness not only in the high places, but also in the low places and in the middle. Amen. Because we are in the middle of spiritual warfare. This is not just a battle for the soul of the country. It's a battle for your soul. Yes. It's a battle for your soul. Charles Spurgeon puts it this way. He said, consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. Consider how precious the soul must be when both God and the devil wants it or after it. Amen? Amen. So it's not happenstance that you are here today. That's right. It's not happenstance that our family picnic happened on this particular weekend. Because God has a word for us all on today. Amen? Now, one of the ways the devil, the enemy of your soul tries to get you 
He tries to get you through the spirit of delusion. So if I have a topic for today, you need to protect yourself from the spirit of delusion. And we're going to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Chapter 2. You need to protect yourself from the spirit of delusion. Now the purpose of 2 Thessalonians is to clear up confusion about the second coming of Christ. Now the author is Paul and it was written to the church of Thessalonica. You got to always remember the Bible was not written to us. It was written for us. And each writer had a specific audience that they were trying to reach with the word. Amen? Amen? But we can extrapolate what he left through God the Holy Spirit to apply it to our lives. See, they were, they were, they were so waiting on Jesus to return that they had become idle because of the persecution. Mm -hmm. Hmm? In other words, they were not Going, they were not doing the work which they had been called to because they were so busy waiting for Jesus to come back. Yeah. Jesus coming back is not a bad thing. But God didn't call you to sit and wait for him to come back. He called you to get busy, to get, in, get involved in bringing his kingdom to the earth. Amen. So, I'll say it like this. We have been baptized in grace for so long that we tend to forget that God is a righteous judge and that he is going to judge us for our activity and our inactivity. Amen? Because we have been baptized in grace. We're in the grace dispensation. Grace is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Amen? However, we have taken God's grace so for granted that we just sit back on our blessed assurance and do nothing to wait for Jesus to come back. Amen? Amen. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and we're going to start at verse 1. It says this, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you soon not be shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by the spirit, nor by the word, nor by the, le nor by the letter from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Verse number three says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except or until there be there, except and until till there be a falling away first. And that the man of sin or lawlessness be revealed. The son of perdition. Who opposeth and exalted himself all that is called God. Or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God. Showing himself that he is God. I'm not talking about nobody. But I just want you to think. 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 Amen. Think. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked 
and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth or the breath of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming talking about the son of lawlessness, lawlessness even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders verse, not, verse 10 says and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them what? God sent what? A strong delusion. In other words, he allowed a strong delusion to come because they didn't want the truth. Hmm. That they should believe what? A lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Now I'm going to read this verses 9 through 12 in the New Living Translation. It says this. This man, the man of lawlessness, lawlessness will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived or the spirit of delusion and they will, and they will believe these lies. No matter I'm going to leave that alone. Amen. They believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Now, before we get started, don't get caught up in the chronology because I have discovered that even though God is a God of seasons and cycles in order, He does not work again, work with our seasons and cycles in order. Amen? All right. Now, let's get into this a little bit. Now, the meaning of the term delusion is a wandering, a Straying about, whereby one is led astray from the right way and roams hither and thither. It means to be deceived, which causes deception because of error. Just think. There's a lot of them out here that are led by what? The spirit of delusion. Hmm. Where even though right is right, they think right is wrong and wrong is right. Why? Because they're caught up in the spirit of delusion. And it's not only one, it's a lot of them. Last count it was 72 million of them. But anyhow. <laughs> As I always say this, nothing happens that happens that God does not know about or will allow. So even though this spirit is run, roaming freely through here, God allowed it. It's not like it snuck up on God. Because he already knew that this spirit would be released in the last times. The problem has been the religious folks didn't pay attention and now they have been deceived and now they're operating under this spirit. Amen? It looks like when somebody's under this spirit, they're almost under a hypnotic trance. Hmm? A trance that don't make any sense. 
A trance that lead, that looks like confusion. You ask them one thing, they say one thing. You ask them another thing, they say another thing, and they're confused. Because it looks like they're under what? A hypnotic chance. I'm just talking about what you're talking about. It is a spirit that wages war quietly, causing those affected to be unaware of the things going on in their lives. Because it comes from the devil. The devil is subtle, which means he just creeps his way in. And he deceives you subtly. And as he deceives you subtly, you don't even know you deceive until it's too late and he got you. And even then you won't receive it because you have been deceived subtly that you can't get back on track because you look out there and you're so far to the left that you can't get to the right. Amen. Amen. This spirit consumes every part of the lives of those affected and it eradicates and it will erase the peace of God. Amen. It is a spirit that is difficult to detect and eliminate and it attacks the lives of the committed fire baptized and the religious and the uncommitted unbeliever as well as the uncommitted believer. This spirit is a strong, subtle, quiet spirit. This double spirit works by deceiving people using any means necessary, such as lying, being pleasant, and appearing to do good, just like the angel of light. It, this spirit usually operates in combination with other, other devil spirits. However, it can and will function and afflict a person by itself. The spirit of delusion is something that you should not play with. But see, the Bible told us in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We read that in verse number three, that there would be a falling away. A, yeah, a great falling away. Amen. And it seems like this, this, this falling away seems like, let me put it this way. Some of the people that you thought were the most stable in the kingdom of God are the very ones that have fallen away. The Bible, people will be complicit whether they realize it or not, as 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says, for a time is coming, and I believe it is here now, when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching or sound doctrine. They will follow their own desires and will and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. That's right. That's where we are. That's exactly where we are. <laughs> Itching ears. Yeah. See, it takes it don't takes a it don't take a scholar of the Bible to see that the Bible is being lived out right in front of us today. What's ever on the front pages of the paper on CNN or on the newsreel, God already said these things wouldn't be happening. We just didn't know what it would look like when it came upon us. <laughs> See, one thing about God is, 
we pray for stuff, and when it shows up, we don't recognize it because it comes up differently than we thought. People ask for help all the time, but when the help comes, they don't recognize that the help that they've been praying for is there. However, it don't look like what they thought it would look like, so they turn that help away. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Throughout history, there have been individuals who epitomized evil and were hostile to everything Jesus stands for. These antichrists have lived in every generation and will continue their work of evil until Jesus comes back. So be not deceived. Amen? Be not deceived. Amen? Because this spirit works through exaggeration, which is truth wrapped up in a lie. This spirit works through exalting a special revelation that's above the word of God. It's in fact, the use, people that are used by this spirit to be very, the very people behind these people. Mm -hmm. Not this one. <laughs> hey, let me let me correct that. Not this pulpit, but there are some pulpits that this spirit operates under, and this spirit works by prideful self-promotion. All right, me, me, me. All right. So. We talked about that long enough, so now let me teach on what do you need to do to protect yourself from the spirit, all right? Number one, you need to develop a love for the truth that is found in God's word. Let's go to John 17. We're going to dig a little and then I'll be out the way, amen? John 17, 17. In my Bible, it's red, which means Jesus said it. In fact, it was Jesus' prayer. So if Jesus prayed this prayer, it must mean that we really needed it, right? All right. John 17, 17 says this. Sanctify them through thy word, because thy word is what? True. Thy word is true. To be sanctified is to be set apart from the world for God's purposes. In other words, you are in the world, but not of the world. Right? You are in the world and not of the world. The problem has become, the church has become so worldly and the world so churchy that you can't tell the difference. Amen? Amen. The, this process happens through eternalizing the eternal truth of God's word. When you to get sanctified, it's, it comes by internalizing the eternal truth of God's word. Now, the, the word is, or the Greek word is logos. You've heard that before. Which means a transmission of thought, communication, a word of explanation, an utterance, a discourse, a divine revelation, it's a talk, a statement, instruction, an oracle, a divine promise, divine doctrine, and a divine declaration. So I said all that to say this. Jesus is the living Logos word. Yeah. The Bible is the written Logos word. Yeah. The Holy Spirit 
words, the spoken Logos word. So in other words, get into the truth of the word. Yes. Amen? Yes. You got to think of the word like food. <laughs> you can chew it all day, but unless you swallow it, <laughs> it ain't going to do nothing for you but be a messed up, mixed up mess in your mouth. No health benefits from it unless you swallow it. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes it's hard to swallow the word. <laughs> but it's good for you to swallow the word. Because if you swallow the word, then you'll be able to regurgitate the word, and then you'll be able to apply the word. Amen? When you swallow the word, a discharge is going to happen, just like in your natural body. When you eat food, you have a discharge at some point. Unless something is wrong. Right? So when you swallow the word and eat the word, there will be a discharge. Discharge of what? Everything that is waste in your life. Hmm? <laughs> Everything that is waste in your life. Therefore, you will get the goodness of the word and it will become sweet as a honeycomb. One of the reasons why you keep going around the same mountain is you're not swallowing the word and digesting it. Oh, <laughs> One of the reasons you keep going around it is because you haven't learned what you need to learn from the thing that you're going through. So God has to continually send you around that desert for 40 years. Until finally you get to the place where he can send you into the land of promises, not the promised land. Amen? All right. All right. Our mission here is to transform believers into disciples. That's our mission. It's right here. What does that mean? That means we are on the quest to become spiritually mature. Because this evil day is so evil, God's going to need some spiritual maturity to stand up against it. What has happened is too many spiritually immature people have been trying to teach spiritually immature people how to be spiritually mature. <laughs> and so they get swallowed up. And what happens? The spirit of delusion gets them. Amen? Now, the difference between just hearing and listening is obedience and application. The difference between just hearing and listening is obedience and application. As a believer, you should have a love for the truth, which is the pure word of God. As a believer, you shouldn't be satisfied with fables, traditions, doctrines, or commandments of men. You should be falling in love with the truth of the word. Because the word will do what? Make you what? It will make you free. Not just set you free. It will make you free. Amen? And as a believer, you shouldn't add or take away from it either. You are not to enhance scripture from your imagination or your own inclination. Amen? You need to develop a love for the truth that's only found in God's word. So you need to, number one, what? Love the truth that's found in God's word. Number two, you need to pray for wisdom. James chapter one. Go there if you would. James chapter one, James Peter. 
James chapter 1 and verse 5. Wisdom is not hard to get. All you got to do is ask for it. It says this, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men, women, boys, and girls, liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Amen. Praying for wisdom is not only what you should do every day, but it's necessary for living in these times of delusion and deception. The Greek word for wisdom is Sophia. I'm not talking about the color purple. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, which means practical wisdom. Right. It means insight and ability to apply the word to your everyday life circumstances. Right. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom comes from intimacy with God. Yes. You draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. If you draw near to him, he'll give you the wisdom that you need. The problem has become is when we start getting closer to God, the devil is going to send some stuff to you to try to get in between that relationship. How does the devil do? He'll tell you that you're no good. You ain't never been good. Your daddy wasn't good. Not ours. Not ours. <laughs> the family line you come from ain't good. You just a low down dirty dog and God cannot possibly use you for all the stuff that you have done. Right. The devil is a liar. The, that's right. The devil. How many? How many? I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. But how many just say, mm, how many has the devil ever told you you wasn't enough? Oh. <laughs> you wasn't smart enough. <laughs> you, wasn't, you didn't look good enough you didn't act right enough you didn't talk well enough you're not tall enough you're too short <laughs> you're not skinny enough <laughs> you're not fast enough oh boy <laughs> Well, just as she said, the devil is a liar. Say that. Say that. The devil is a liar. Say it like you mean it. The devil is a liar. Say it again. The devil is a liar. Say it to you, believe it. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Yes. Mm. <laughs> he is a liar. So God wants to give us wisdom. And all we have to do is ask for it. Now, I'm not saying that wisdom will come just like that. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. But you have, to, you have to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on going to God. Ask God what you need to do in this situation. Sometimes you ain't got a long time to pray either. <laughs> sometimes something come up on you, Lord, what do I need to do? <laughs> And, and, and if you listen well enough and close enough, he will show you exactly what to do. Right. Example was this morning. I'm telling you. I went to bed with another thought, but he woke me. I didn't sleep well until he said, Mickey got to sing this song, and you got to preach what you're preaching. Yeah, right. Amen. 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 
And I said, okay. And if anybody been around here long enough, I said, okay, Lord, I'm not going to fight you. I quit fighting. I learned how not to fight God and learn. The thing about wisdom is it's practical. In other words, you don't have to be deep. Some people are so deep they stuck. It's practical. It's another thing about wisdom, it's divine. It comes from God. And his wisdom goes beyond your common sense. And his wisdom is Christ-like. Wisdom from God will not tell you to go against God's word. <laughs> Wisdom from God will not tell you to go contrary to his word because God will never contradict himself. If God said it, it's the truth and it's going to happen if it hadn't happened already. See, God from eternity past speaks into our present from eternity future. See, our society, our culture worships power, influence, and wealth. But Jesus came as a humble, poor servant, but he is a king who offers his kingdom to those who have faith, not to those who do all kinds of good deeds to try and earn salvation. We have been learning in our kingdom living discipleship class that God wants to have a relationship with you. Yeah, little old you. You know, I'm talking about the God, the creator and sustainer of the universe. Yeah. He right. wants to have a relationship with you. Yeah. Personal, intimate, Personal, intimate yeah. relationship with you. He don't want you to try to earn salvation, though faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. But you can't do it in faith if you're only looking at the works. Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Your faith will drive you to do the works. Not Your works should not drive you to walk by faith. Right. Because the Bible tells us to walk by faith and what? Not by sight. And guess what? You're going to walk by something. <laughs> and you're going to be led by something. You're either going to be led by God or you're going to be led by the devil. It's no, no great. So you need wisdom. Yeah. Last week, you need this. You need to run the race that is set before you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. You need to run the race that is set before you. All right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the what? Sin. Which does easily does what? Descend us or entangles us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the what? Throne of God. Right. Amen. 
Now the writer of this passage is drawing from the rich imagery of the foot races of, foot races of ancient Israel and Greek and the amphitheaters in Rome. It was written to challenge believers to per persevere in their faith, especially during trials and persecution. That's important. Mm -hmm. Say it again. You need to persevere in your faith, especially when you are going through. Because it's completely completely said now, when you are going through, you are just going through. You've got to remember, trouble don't last always. Storms don't last always. Storms come to pass, and your tests and your trials are only for a moment and for a season to raise you up into a better world. Now, in these races that he was talking about, they were surrounded by rows and rows of spectators, described here as a great cloud of witnesses. The witnesses of the believers, race of these believers that he was talking to are in chapter 11. We read all the time, we understand this through our class too. Read through chapter 11, those are the witnesses that chapter 13 is talking about. These saints persevered despite unimaginable oppression and cruelty and were commended because of their faithfulness. I said this before in the, from here, that I believe the reason why we are so oppressed as a people are, is because we are, we are the first people that God ever created. And the reason why the devil comes after us so hard, he's trying to go after the people that, that is closest to God. All right. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, some people like to say that these witnesses and those who have gone before us are watching us run our race. And I said that too. But in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's highly doubtful because if I'm in the presence of God, I ain't got time to worry about what's happening on this earth. <laughs> I ain't thinking about what's happening on this earth. I'm in the presence of the mighty God. Going the forward of his love. I ain't got time, I don't think in my mind, to be worried about what's going on down here. My prayer would be that I hope what's going on down here would get my people up there so they can experience the same thing I'm experiencing. Y'all ain't got time to be living because I can't look at the, the, the monk in your eye and the tunic in mine. I got time. I'm going to be looking at God. Amen. Amen. The point of this passage, though, is that their testimony lives on. Mm -hmm. I heard one of the bishops of the say this, I believe. It's not what they say when you're alive. What will they say when you're gone? Amen. Hmm? What will they say when you're gone? We heard a lot in the history that we got about our ancestors now. About what they taught us, showed us, showed us how the Lord whooped us. My cousin whooped us. Y'all know, y'all know, y'all know about the 
you look into that. Grandma yeah. Hawkeye used to be. I didn't get him. I was too young. Dog, I almost got it. Yeah. <laughs> but I got it from my dad, of course. <laughs> it was an offspring of hers, and he knew how to whoop. Trust me. He did not only know how to preach, he knew how to whoop. <laughs> yes, sir. He knew how to whoop. And he just didn't use switches and belts. He used telephone cords to aid me. But I will tell you a quick story. I was, he was on the phone. You know, he passes on. He talked to a person. Evidently, it had to be bit, you know, uh, important. It's always important. And here I'm jumping across the telephone cord. He told me to stop. And I didn't. Kept doing it. Then I pulled the cord out the road. Oh, he, he gave me the cord. <laughs> Today would probably be borderline abuse, but he gave me the cord. He taught me a lesson. <laughs> I am not jumping across that cord no more. If he's on the phone, I'll stand far away. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm not saying that we should, but a good whooping don't hurt nobody. I'm just going to tell you. One thing that it was, and we're discussing that our, our, our reunion is, when that kind of discipline, though, it taught us to respect our elders. And respect authority. Because if you don't respect your elders or authority, that word going to beat you back home. <laughs> and you will get the Board of Education to your seat of understanding. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I don't know how I got over that. But anyway, it's <laughs> funny reunion. I just think of some of those precious, precious memories. <laughs> I, 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 I promise I'm getting through it. We always like to remember the good things. <laughs> but them weapons, even though they told me they loved me, I didn't believe them at the time. Now I do. <laughs> but then. <laughs> But then I didn't. Anyway, we are to run our own race. A race is a marathon and not a sprint. A marathon is a long-distance foot race with a distance of 26 miles, and it's usually run as a road race, but the distance can be covered running through some trails. A marathon can be completed with a run-walk strategy. It requires physical endurance, mental strength, and a personal commitment that no matter what, you will finish. No matter what's going on, you have to run your race with the commitment to no matter what, I'm going to finish. No matter what hell I got to go through to get to where I need to be, I am going to go through it because it's worth it in the end. In the end, all this stuff that we are going through, if you are a believer, will pay off. All this hell and high water, all this trouble and tribulation, all the situations and circumstances we find, we find ourselves in, a lot of times putting ourselves in them in the first place, and then asking God to get us out of them, it will be worth it. Because in the end, the back of the book says we win. Mm. So you need to protect yourself against the spirit of 
delusion, just like Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, near the end of his life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And then the good news is, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The only fight that we need to be having is the fight of faith. Not fighting to get the victory, fighting from the place of victory because Jesus already secured the victory. Yes. Amen. So when somebody tells you to fight for the victory, don't. You're on the devil's playground. You fight from the place of victory. How do you love Jesus? Amen. Amen. So what you got to do to protect yourself, you got to develop a love for the truth that's found in God's word. You have to pray for wisdom. And you have to run the race that is set before you. Yes. Hallelujah. So keep running. Yes. Keep running. Yes. Keep running your race. Yes. We can't run our ancestors' race. Their race is done. Yes. They done what they're supposed to do. Now it's up to us. Yes. They have passed the baton to us. Yes. Amen. Amen. So are you going to get your baton? You're going to run your race? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. But you can make it. Amen. And let's give God praise. Stand to your feet. In Jesus' name.